Welcome to the 39th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and Party City Wig investigator, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well, my friend. How art thou? I am pretty good. I, you know, I just uh, ate a delicious roast beast sandwich. Roast beast. With some cheddar cheese. And ciabatta bun. Mm, That sounds pretty good. Roast beast? Yes. The beast in question was cow. (gasps) Mm. Sounds pretty good. Did you make it yourself? Did you buy it from a place? We made the roast beast a few days ago, and we ate it with some mashed potatoes. And then we, we used the leftovers to make sandwiches with ciabatta buns. Interesting. Did you have a nice au jus to go along with it? No, actually, although I, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan and advocate of salads with a vinaigrette that I've, uh, I've made from scratch for years. It's like the one thing that I've always kind of made with any meal. Even if I get a McDonald's hamburger, I will still eat a salad with my homemade vinaigrette. Uh, and so I had that, I always have a little bit more vinaigrette on the plate. And so you dip the, the sandwich into the vinaigrette. It's one of those things that I've, it's a staple for my meals. I like that. I like, I actually quite, I, I like that quite a bit. I love the idea of like dipping a sandwich into like, it's just like a nice vinaigrette. There's something, there's something to it. There's something to it. I, I feel you. There is. And it's like the mayo and the bread and the, the combination of it. And then there's this, the sour element with the mm. vinaigrette with the, the, the oil, even like if you mm. have like a ciabatta bun and you have like a, any, really, if you had like olive oil would be a good idea, but it, that's just a good combination anyway. So that's the you got the oil, you got mm. the, the apple cider vinegar, a little bit of garlic, some salt, some pepper. Simple, simple salad dressing. Damn. I enjoy my salads. Let me see. Say, even if, again, I'm getting McDonald's hamburger, okay, like a Big Mac, I'll still be eating alongside uh, that salad. That's the key. That's awesome. That sounds delicious. I had a little homemade burrito action. Ooh. Yeah. Nothing too crazy. Just a little bit of refried bean, a nice, uh, a healthy amount of ground pork, some uh, homemade salsa, avocado, avocado. I don't know why I said avocado. Avocado, a little bit of sour cream, cheese, lemon. Mm. Are we the most boring people ever to run a podcast? What do you think? Or is it no, just no, no. pandemic? No, no, no. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying, like, every time we start this podcast, we seem to be like, well, we're not doing much. Let's talk about the food we just ate, you know? Well, honestly, I feel like I'm going to continue doing that forever because food is delicious and everyone deserves to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Our, my place of work, and I think might be at yours as well, there's a tendency to continue to run the Food Network on a consistent basis mm-hmm. like every day. And I feel like that's a... Food Network is an interesting channel in general. I just find that the idea of it, I kind of liked, maybe not liked in past tense. Like I I still like it a little bit, but watching the Food Network is kind of a weird thing to uh, continue to do. Cause like, especially when you're eating lunch in the lunchroom 
at your place of work and you just watch the Food Network. It's like you're eating some garbage meal, like a, a sandwich that you're going to put together in the morning and you're like half-assed, half-assed made. And then you're watching them make like the most extravagant meal. It just seems sad. Am I wrong? I think you are wrong. I think the Food Network oh. deserves to be watched at all times. At all, at all times, even while you're watching other things. So if you're like in a movie theater, if we can ever go back to movie theaters more permanently, if you're in a movie theater, you should have the Food Network on your phone right next to you. Is that what you're saying? Mm, yes. You almost said no. You almost said no. Yeah, I'm standing my ground. I don't want to. I don't agree with it, but I'm standing my ground. So you, you were like, oh, man, I hate... I hate when people are on their phone in the movie theater, but but you have to say yes because you just said at all times. Mm-hmm. You got it, man. Uh, I see. You get me. You get me. You fell for that one, didn't you? Didn't you? Mm-hmm. I think you have a show correction for this week, Adrian, and I, I'm just gonna let you dive into this one because I, uh, you know, we noticed we noticed your mistake at uh, I think on Friday. It might have been on Thursday mm-hmm. of this past week, and I want to let you uh, take it away. Tell us your grave error. I made a grave error, gang. And and, and the and that grave error was that The Father was an Apple TV Plus original movie. I was wrong. I was a fool to ever think that to be the case. Through the Apple TV app, when I viewed it, it seemed to be that this movie, The Father, was an Apple TV Plus original. But alas, I was incorrect in that assumption. And it is... A $20 premium rental. And I want to apologize. to. Yeah, what if somebody rented it? What if they bought the movie now? Because you know what happened, Adrian? We didn't watch this movie this week. Whose fault is that, Adrian? Hmm? 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 Okay, I can't go any higher than this. Come on. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> It's mine. Yeah, it is your fault. And I'm sorry to any audience member who might be following us along. Because we said again, we were going to watch The Father last week, and we did not. We did not watch The Father for this week, for this podcast, so we could talk about it. But we will watch The Father eventually. I think my ruling on this is, let's get the movies out of the way first. Let's reward the movies that are not $20 or $25 or $35 if we can have, you know, if we can avoid it. We definitely want to watch all of these movies that are Oscar nominated for Best Picture prior to the Oscars in May? Is it in April? Uh, the Oscars in April? April? I'll, I'll check. It is April 25th. April 25th. Okay. Yeah, we got some time. Seems like we got exactly or close to it four weeks to get that done. But uh, we're going to do it. It's just a question of we might at the last second find ourselves having procrastinated all this time and have to watch all of the Oscar-nominated movies all at once. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. I'm sorry, audience, that uh, Adrian has failed you in this way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was not willing to pay $20. I don't think, I don't think Adrian, you were as well. Because $20 is expensive for a rental when the rental price is eventually going to be $5. I agree. However, a movie that is around 5 bucks or 7 bucks is Promising Young Woman. For that rental, do you want to you want to do that for next week? We could, but that leads me to my next point, in that I mean, King Kong, the Kong movie is coming out next week. So are we not watching that? Are we going to watch both? Is that your plan? Because I don't want to promise the audience that we're going to watch something and then not do it. You know, I want to be a man of my word, and that's why we have a show corrections segment of our show in the first place because we want to make sure that we are not why we got this covered or hype beast. Mm -hmm. We want to be accurate. Hi, hi, sorry, hype beef. 
<laughs> that was that was a good one. That was actually really good. I, I love that one. It was a long road. It was a long road to get there, but we did it. Um, uh, well, honestly, I'm very excited for King Kong the Kong movie, as you said, as you put it. So I, I definitely want to watch that. So yeah, let's make a commitment. Okay. We are either going to watch King Kong the Kong movie, Promising Young Woman, or both. <laughs> wow, what a commitment that was! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, everyone should. Do I have a do I have an option for a cheer like a cheering? I can't see my screen. Damn it. I was gonna select the cheering uh sound effect, but just imagine it. Just imagine it. People are cheering. <sighs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Anyway. Um let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall you we? We ask our listeners. I love you guys. I'm cheering for you. <sighs> okay, don't interrupt a random audience member. Yeah, you guys rock. It's extremely disrespectful. I love you. Will you shut up, man? Come on. Come on. Sorry, Biden. We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Cabin Snass wrote into us and she said, Ola bitches, what do you think about how assigned seating is handled in movie theaters now that we are in a pandemic? Love, Cabin Snass. Adrian? What do you think about how assigned seating is handled in a movie theater? Hmm? Now that we're well, in this pandemic, what are you thinking about it? Well, Simon, you asking like, don't patronize me, son of a gun. Don't don't talk to me that way. Don't 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 you talk like that. It wasn't my fault, okay? We went to the movie theater, and I like how the seating is handled, but I don't like how people aren't following the fucking rules. You understand me, Simon? There was we were in in the row. And these two old folk were sitting not in their right spot. And I didn't want to sit right next to them. It was literally like one seat apart. So we sat two seats away from them, which put me one seat closer to you, but still two seats away from you. So I wish it was handled better, but I'm glad they're putting in the effort. Oh, oh so you like the idea that they... Cause, so what actually happened was... We were in the theater, of course, and that, that part happened. The old folk were specifically... Well, no, they were close to your seats, but they weren't in your seats. That's what mm-hmm. you discovered, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping nobody would be in the theater. I didn't mind it because like, you were two seats away from me, and it was really six feet distancing. And like, I mean, I was wearing a mask the whole time just because I tend to do that in the theater now. I just don't care. And mm-hmm. my mask is comfortable. I, I bought a pretty comfortable mask. I work in retail, so I just want to make sure that I'm always... I don't really care. The mask is almost like a second part of my face now. It doesn't really it doesn't really bother me at all. But so you're sitting two seats away. That actually actually worked in a way. But I wonder if it were me, I do think that I would have told them to get the hell out of my seats. But you're saying they weren't exactly in your seats. No, they were just sitting next to our seats. And then oh. and and my and my lover did. It was like I I think you guys are sitting in the wrong seats. And then they were like, these are our right seats immediately. Oh, she did. Yeah, Reggie did talk to them. Oh, no way. I didn't yeah. know that part. Oh, I'm sorry. I feel like we we really sassed you hard. But we were joking. But I, I mean, at the same time, we did sass you. Yeah, well, you hurted my feelings. No, you didn't. No, we yeah. did not. No, I don't know why I said no, you didn't hurt your own feelings. <laughs> you probably also didn't hurt your own feelings. But we no, we did not. We didn't hurt your feelings, did we? You did. You hurted my feelings. No. no, no, because we don't talk outside of this podcast. And I didn't say anything to you. So either you're lying right now or we talk outside of this podcast. Which one is it, Adrian? Son of a gun. I know exactly what you're doing with this one. I know exactly what you're doing. 
we don't talk outside this podcast, man. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. All in all, I wish nobody was in the theater. I didn't finish the story. So the last bit of that was that this guy comes in from Cineplex because it's Cineplex, the Cineplex movie theater we went to. Uh, shout out to Cineplex, who I don't, who I definitely wish does not go out of business. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we didn't really, I don't know if we really preface this story with the fact that we're in orange, which in Ontario means that you can open up movie theaters. There's like a color coding system that I don't think really works that well. In fact, it's the, it is the most convoluted system I've ever heard of. They had something called gray that was locked down and then they made another gray that wasn't locked down, but also kind of locked down. What the hell? And they did that post post when they said that gray was locked down. So I was like, what are you doing with the? It's the most confusing color coded system I've ever seen. Anyways, regardless, we went into orange in Guelph. And so we're, I think the only market or one of the only ones in Ontario that actually has an open Cineplex theater. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, the the there's other ones like, uh, but nothing in like a relatively close distance. I think the closest one is in like Orangeville or something like that. Right. So they were actually, um, they're pretty good this time. Like we went to the theaters to see Tenet. We saw Tenet in the summer, correct? We did, yes. And that wasn't really, I feel like they opened and then it was kind of more lively. And the way they, they did it, I feel like the way that they, they did the social distancing, I think they were, the sp- seating arrangement was actually closer together in a way this this time we come in and they instantly meet us at the door and they ask us to fill out a contact tracing sheet which i really appreciate honestly because i think that's important the weird thing was i don't know if i should have really advertised this and i hope that they ask every other time but they didn't ask for us for our tickets which i thought was odd mm-hmm. yeah it's like I, I i almost wanted to be asked so i could be like I, i'm i'm supporting you guys i don't want you to be out of a job yeah, yeah, like I, I definitely pay for the tickets. I didn't even use scene points. I, you know, I want you to guys to be, you know, you guys to survive. I think Dawn, my, my girlfriend, she was saying when we were there, when I when we, I told her that I thought it was very strange that they didn't ask for our tickets, and I'm wondering how many people in this theater just walked in. I'm sure nobody did, but I mean, there's a chance, I guess. But then she's like, well, I think that guy was just happy to see other people because he literally mm-hmm. said, you know how happy I am to see other people right now? <laughs> I feel like that's like it just seems so sad at the front door. It's like, wow, this is incredible. Seeing other people, <laughs> something along those lines. It just seemed like such a sad, <laughs> sad moment. Yeah. The one thing I'm uh, like, honestly, it, the, the sense of gratefulness and like the people that were working there. I don't know. I don't know if it was just me, but like I, I pretty much every single staff member said thank you to me. I'm sure they were told to. But it felt like genuine thank yous from literally everyone on the like it staff. It did seem genuine. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Like they're like, thank you for you know, I'd like to have a job. I guess I don't know. Yeah, like I'm I'm so happy that we went on the first possible night here in our like surrounding area. Literally back to the theaters. We've always been big supporters of the movie industry, like going to the theater and all that stuff. We're super ingrained in the movie industry. Everybody knows that. We know that. And uh, yeah, it just, it just felt really, really good to be there and support them on their first night. I agree. Another point of that is that we are also firm believers in safety in terms of COVID. We are not COVID deniers, I would, I would argue. I think you would agree with me. What? Yes. <laughs> we work in retail. And so as it... A... <laughs> okay, I'm going to take that as a guess. Uh, we work in retail and as a result, we definitely respect all of the rules in every capacity. Wearing masks, contact tracing. You want to ask me your, you know, your screening questions, by all means, you can ask me 150 screening questions if you need to, because I will I will answer all of them and I will stay six feet apart while wearing a mask, whatever the requirements are. And that really does, 
it's arguably proven to have hemmed the pandemic in our region. And that's why Guelph is doing arguably better than other regions, because I think people are following the rules a little better, which is cool. With that being said, they're grateful that we're there. We went to the theaters on the first night it was open, but we respect every rule. And they honestly, in my opinion, it was safe. Mm-hmm. Except for those random people who decided that they just don't like assigned seating, even though there's a pandemic. I think that otherwise it, they've done every, they've made every, you know, taken every check and balance to make sure that it's a safe environment. That leads me to what I was going to say about six minutes ago, which was when we were sitting in the theater, just as the previews were coming on, a guy comes in from Cineplex to go with his little binder. It says checking assigned seating, like right on it. It's like a signed seating plan. And he goes in and he's looking at it. The thing is, he just let you guys and the other couple just sit there. He kept looking at it though. And he like, I could tell he was like, should I do something about this? It's like, do I want to ruin my own day? <laughs> I swear. He was thinking about this for some time because he was looking right at our rows the entire time. And he's trying to figure out whether it was incorrect, which he clearly, I think, figured out that it was. And then he is like, damn it. Uh, but they're, so, they're not that close to each other. So do I really want to change? You know, do I really want to make it make a fuss? Because mm-hmm. it's in the middle of the previews and somebody's going to like try and, you know, hit me with a bag of popcorn. I'll be honest, I was kind of hoping he would, so I could be like, yeah, see, see, you fucks, you guys are in the wrong seat. But I, I, those those people were just so certain that they were in the right seat the way they said it. And I was like, okay, like, I just, honestly, I'm just so tired of dealing with all this shit, like, at work. And, I know. Um, and just, like, you know, like, people being upset about nonsense. Yeah, just, it, I'm just tired. I'll be honest with you. So I was like, whatever. It's still safe. We're still distant. Uh, I'm comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, again, I don't disparage that guy for not saying anything because honestly, like I, I'd probably be incredibly anxious and just you know, like, fuck, not again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Again, we deal with this so often, like anti-maskers and people who just want to pick a fight for like no reason. It's like they believe that their freedoms are being obstructed. Like it's the end of the world. It just isn't the end of the world. These are private businesses. And if they want to keep their patrons safe and their employees safe, I don't understand what the issue is, but I don't know. I guess to each their own, but it's just not mm-hmm. to each their own in a place of business in which you were allowed to come in and watch a movie. Mm-hmm. It's just odd. But yeah, I think it was st- still safe regardless of the fact that we were not in our assigned seats because I think that the distances we were, were acceptable. That's mm-hmm. what. That's how safe it was. Is that there were we were so spaced out, or supposed to be so spaced out, that it would have been. It was safe, I think, regardless. But it would have been even safer if we had followed that that guideline. But mm-hmm. anyway, so yeah, I think it's safe to go to the movies in, in Guelph. Me too. That's the moral of the story. But Adrian, this gets me to my next point and our next point. I argue we went to the movies to see which movie? Nobody, dude. Yes, the Bob Odenkirk. Starring film in which he plays an action hero, nobody. What did you think of this movie? I think this movie is literally the definition of a fun movie. I really, really liked this movie. And I don't know if it's just because I was riding the high of finally being in a movie theater again, or if it's a genuinely like really fun, great movie. But I thought this movie was incredibly, just an incredibly good time. I, I don't know about you. What, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was it was fantastic. It, it felt like to me, I just like Bob Odenkirk for one thing. Mm-hmm. It, but in in a way, though, it's it's John Wick. But instead of John Wick's, 
you know, dog dying. It's 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 John Wick. He lost his kitty cat bracelet. You know, his daughter's kitty cat bracelet. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> Not that that does really. But yeah. yeah, his daughter loses her kitty cat bracelet, and he snaps. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> it's over for everyone. Yeah, pretty much everyone that uh, is in his path. And honestly, I th- I think this movie is like I think the action is very well done. It seems very gritty and kind of realistic but still maintains this sort of um like light and i don't i don't know if friendly is the right word but this it's yeah, just like joyful sort of energy i think a lot of that has to do with like the good use of like music throughout the movie and just the oh, tone of the sure. movie itself but uh, yeah man it, it was it was fantastic and bob odenkirk fantastic actor i really love him simply because of you know how how amazing he is and Breaking Bad and especially Better Call Saul. So yeah, man, I I, I was just happy to see this movie, and I, I'm glad that it seems like they want to create more of these movies because it, it definitely did seem to set up a sequel by the end of the film. Yeah, I would I would agree. The director, by the way, is the director of Hardcore Henry, which was that first person film. Which it's funny that nobody seems to have done that before or after that director. His name is Ilya Nyshuler, and yeah. He, he did a great job here too. I just, I just find that the action and everything, oh, there's a quiet calm behind Bob Odenkirk. He's just, he's the unlikely hero more so than John Wick is, because John Wick is like, Keanu Reeves plays obviously plays John Wick, and he, he's kind of just like the king of cool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in, in a way, Bob Odenkirk is too, but in a different kind of calming way. Like he's just, he's so calm and collected. Keanu Reeves is way more angry, it seemed like almost. It's just this moments where Bob Odenkirk gets angry too in this in this role. As mm-hmm. uh what's his name again? Hutch? Yes. Yeah. As Hutch, he gets angry, but there's moments when he's going into the action sequences, there's just he's just so sure of himself. Like so throughout every moment in which he's about to, as he says in the movie, fuck people up. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally it. The one thing I really like about it as well is he's obviously rusty the first time he goes back into it. And that boss sequence. Unbelievable. Yeah, man. It's, it's the best fight sequence in the movie. I, I really love the ending fight sequence just because of the, the almost campy nature of it. But yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's so like gritty and, and brutal and, Again, still kind of maintaining this lighthearted, funny tone all throughout it. But, you know, this guy is causing some serious damage, like quite literally killing people. But at the same time, getting, you know, thrown out a freaking window, stabbed. He's not like perfect. Uh, and yeah, again, very obviously just hasn't been doing this for a while. So he's just trying to get back into it. There's degrees of luck that he has, which mm-hmm. it just adds to the adds to his character in a way that he kind of. He's almost manipul- manipulating luck in a weird way because he kind of knows where the odds are and that he gets stabbed or kind of shot, but he's kind of he kind of knows that that could happen throughout. I just I don't know. It's less John Wick is so serious and this is just not as you kind of mentioned and it's the lightheartedness. By the way, this is not for children. You started describing this as a fun movie and very light and uh, and you know happy. <laughs> Not for children, though. It's a rated R movie. Just just in case we have, you know, parents watching this and they're like, oh, I'm going to take my children to this right now. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> or do do that. 
I guess it depends what kind of parent you are. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to judge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's awesome. And Christopher Lloyd's in this movie. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. He's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know why. I, I Was he in the trailer? Because I don't remember the trailer all that well. I feel like I watched the trailer once when it, I don't know, was it when we watched Tenet or Tenet? 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 Um, or, uh, Tenet. It's Tenet. Tenet. Yeah. Yeah, what was it that that I feel like that's when we watched the trailer or maybe I saw it online, but I don't remember Christopher Lloyd in the trailer. And on, honestly, I don't remember the premise of the movie whatsoever, other than Bob Odenkirk beats a living shit out of a bunch of people. And um, I'm glad I did get the idea. Like the, the, the premise is in described in the trailer. I did know that Christopher Lloyd was in it. I'm not sure if that was because of a poster or because of the trailer. But regardless, I the the vibe you get from the trailer is a man's house gets broken in. He decides not to do anything while they're in his house to defend his family in, in, in an extraordinary way. And as a result, he's kind of judged for it, but it turns out he's got a special set of skills and he just chose not to use them for some reason. And he snaps. That's that's basically how the trailer goes, yeah. essentially. And kind of how the movie goes. There's a, there's definitely a further element to that. It does feel a lot like John Wick in the in some of its story beats. I just don't, There's something about it again, though. The lightness is what gets me it's it's almost his fighting is almost like not like jackie chan but there's some movies like with jackie chan where he's chaotic in his fighting like he'll get hit or like just dodge narrowly or he'll fall out of a window or something like that or fall like for instance out of the bus and he he just gets back up like he's just kind of like oh he gets up like he doesn't there's i don't know fall down the stairs because he's just he's he is rusty you're right but he he almost likes it he almost Mm. likes the fact that he's almost beaten but he's taking on like so many people all at once. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Daredevil in a way, like the Netflix series Daredevil. I know Daredevil's oh. a little bit more serious, but uh, it definitely reminds me of those like sort of fight scenes because Daredevil does get like the sh- yeah shit kicked out of him quite a few times, but he keeps on getting back up and he, you know like you're like, wiping the blood off his face, and like ah, and like kind of walking back and or like he's so very obviously tired and just, you know, like swinging the punches just to finish the fight. Yeah. I, I got a lot of those vibes. That's a fantastic connection that I didn't even think of. That's a great, that's, that's true. And in the thing about Matthew Murdoch, who plays Daredevil, you're, I'm assuming you're not talking about the Ben Affleck version. You're talking oh, about no, the, that's the, right. Cox Netflix oh, version. no, 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 not the Netflix version, the, the, the Ben Affleck one. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, no, obviously the Netflix version. But yeah, like that—that that is a vibe for sure. Like he just keeps getting up, and the the fact that he keeps getting up and going towards the people who have been beating him up scares his opponents even more. They're like, this guy is literally immortal. Like, I can't, we can't stop this guy because he's li- he's a force to be reckoned with, and that did feel like it with with Bob Odenkirk's character too, because every single time they underestimate him, it's a very interesting underdog story. Whereas John Wick is kind of an underdog story because there's one man against armies and leagues of people. But at the same time, this is also Bob Odenkirk. I don't like it more than John Wick, but there are elements that I actually do enjoy more than John Wick. It's funny. It was actually, by the way, written by the John Wick writer, Mm -hmm. uh, Eric Kolstad. This is, I think, a better movie in terms of its visual, not, not... well, not versus the really awesome visuals of a first-person type movie like uh, Hardcore Henry, but there was a lot of shots in this film where, like, he's coming out of his house, for instance, with this, uh, like, uh, there's this night backdrop. He's coming out of his house. I think you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. There's just some really interesting cinematography going on with this film as well, 
that I was just impressed with. I thought was really quite neat. And I think that whatever Ilya Nyshuler is, is going to come up with next, I'm kind of excited for. I feel like the sequel can only get better almost in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but I definitely see a pretty cool direction where it could go. And uh, it definitely intrigues me. I really do hope they make a sequel because I'm all in, man. Like I, I'm down uh, to like continue watching this universe and and see where everything goes. I think it's uh, I think it's really well done. Um, and I really liked Hardcore Henry as well. I know it didn't review particularly well. Weird. Uh, this movie actually reviewing quite well, but like I really really liked Hardcore Henry, and I think Hardcore Henry almost has a little bit more of a campy tone uh, in comparison to this. But it, it, if if you take the time and you watch this movie, I think it's worth it to go back and watch Hardcore Henry. Or if you've watched Hardcore Henry and you liked it, I think you'll more than likely like this movie just because the tones are quite similar. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a fun watch. The action in both movies is awesome, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 79% on Rotten Tomatoes for nobody, which is pretty fantastic. It's officially certified fresh. I just thought, man, Bob Odenkirk, though, he's just blown up. He's blown up since Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad. And like, I, I'm just so happy about it because he's so great. He's just fantastic. And so I'm mm. just, yeah. it just makes me happy that this is the case. And I feel like if I was going to become an actor, one of the things that I would feel like is a, would have been a milestone would be a lead in an action movie of some sort, like a bucket list type of an idea. And I wonder if that was the same thing for Bob Odenkirk. Like, could I become an action movie star for one movie? Like, it may not be his shtick all the time now. That doesn't seem like it's it's been his thing. But that's I just find that so cool. I just I don't know. I'm a, I'm a fan of him, and I think that that's that's fantastic. I can't wait for Better Call Saul season six. Yeah, man, me neither. I'm so excited. Cool. Alrighty, should we now move on to the next thing that we watched, which I believe we both watched not together, but separately, and that is a smaller thing, only running about two minutes and thirty five seconds, and that is the Suicide Squad trailer, the James Gunn The Suicide Squad sequel slash not really a sequel for DC's The Suicide Squad. What did you think of the trailer, Adrian? I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I, I'm in. I'm down to watch this. It seems like a another fun time. I think the tone of the trailer, as long as it actually will match the movie this time around, um, I think it 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 spells good things for this movie to come. I, I have full faith in what James Gunn can do. I really love the Guardians movies, obviously, and this is kind of feels like he can just do go all out rated R, have a bunch of these characters play these wacky roles and, and just go for it. I'm uh, I'm all in, man. How about you? Completely all in. I watched the trailer just before we went to go see nobody. And when I got home, I just kept thinking about the suicide squad trailer again. And so I watched it like another three or four times. I think that that's trailer alone, just like the first suicide squad movie is another work of art for a trailer. I don't know what it is about these Suicide Squad trailers, but they're constantly great. And I really hope that this is not going to be a complete downer disappointment that the first Suicide Squad was based on the fact that the trailer was so incredible for the first Suicide Squad movie and the movie was a piece of garbage. Yeah, I agree with you. I have far more faith in this one. Again, uh, David Ayer, Ayer, um, Although having a pretty mixed track record, I never watched any of his movies prior to Suicide Squad. But again, those trailers looked so good. And it, those trailers were obvi very obviously a course correction, I guess, to uh, Batman v Superman coming up before it. 
And that movie was not filmed that way whatsoever. And it had this very mismatched tone, these reshoots trying to make it a little bit more like the trailer, but not succeeding. Whereas this movie seems to have a very clear vision. James Gunn seemed to have total control. So I think this is going to be a very good time. Yeah. it I, I, Even like Sylvester Stallone is cast as King Shark. Like, mm-hmm. come on. I mean, the banter in the beginning of the trailer between John Cena and Idris Elba, the, the cast is just phenomenal. Uh, Nathan Fillion's in it, which is fantastic. Like, Joel Kinnaman looks like his role is just going to get a lot better. I think it's going to be funnier. And I did not know, I must have forgotten, but I didn't realize this is a rated R movie. So that's an, another interesting thing that I didn't really realize. And uh, this was a red band trailer. So mm-hmm. it's, again, got swearing in it, lots of gore. Yeah, the cast, the ridiculousness of it the music once again james gunn's signature is to use incredible music and uh and just like pull it in from multiple decades i just think that he's a master of doing that and i just i'm so excited for this this comes out in august of 2021 yeah i cannot wait this is the my most anticipated movie at this time in my opinion like i'm Mm -hmm. excited for black widow as well i'm really excited for dune but for the foreseeable future because it's happening first, I would argue for the closest movie to today, I'm most excited for The Suicide Squad. That's uh, that's fair, man. That's fair. I, I agree with you on most of those things. I am very excited for it as well. But uh, honestly, um, I'm just stoked to watch uh, Kong vs. Godzilla. Or sorry, King Kong the Kong movie, uh, as you called it. I uh, I just love big monsters killing each other. But to be fair, in the Suicide Squad trailer, there is a big monster. There's a kaiju at the end of the trailer. It's this huge starfish. I don't know what it is, but I was very excited to see it. I love big monsters. I love big monsters killing things. So you know what? I'm going to switch my vote once again and say maybe the Suicide Squad is the most excited movie I'm excited for. That is the closest movie of it being excited for. Excellent. Yeah. Great to hear. I did want to say a couple of things about the the movie itself and a, and a couple of predictions. I found it very interesting that Captain Boomerang was really only in one scene in the trailer and then is literally not seen in any other uh, scenes throughout the entire trailer. It's literally just one scene where he's introduced and it's like, oh man, you guys are the Suicide Squad. And he's walking out looking all Captain Boomerang-like. And then uh, again, you just never see him again in the trailer. Maybe that's intentional. Maybe he wasn't part of the crew that's getting sent out. But at the same time, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. Obviously, a lot of these characters are going to die. James Gunn released a bunch of posters that say nobody's safe. Um, but but that is one thing I wanted to point out. No, no, it's uh, don't get too attached. Specifically, is what it says on the posters. Yeah, don't get too attached. Sorry, but I did want uh, to say that's really my only prediction of the movie coming out. It would be interesting because of how important of a character he is to like the Flash. I know he's like a Flash, like rogue rogues gallery villain and i guess he's fairly important in the suicide squad he is he is like i mean he's i think he's been in almost every iteration of the suicide squad and he's coming out as a one of the four in the suicide squad video game by dc like warner brothers games so i think that it would be crazy i mean not that crazy i mean it can happen it would be seem it seems more unlikely that he will be killed off just because mm-hmm. of this. I also think that James Gunn would love to be able to throw us off with who's going to die and who's going to live because of his tease of don't get too attached. They only, they kind of get gave us glimpses of a lot of the characters, but not even all of them. 
So I think, I don't know. It's an interesting one, but I think Boomerang should live. Captain Boomerang. I think that it's a smart idea as a like a franchise concept. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Good question, though. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, to be fair, I think like Captain Boomerang is probably the most interesting part in that original Suicide Squad movie. Like Jack Courtney's performance was 10 out of 10. And uh, again, he was in uh, the like the Justice League movie. No, was he? No, no, no I'm, I'm thinking of it wrong. Uh, however, the Flash was sorry. Yeah, the Flash cameoed in the Suicide Squad movie, David Ayer's Suicide Squad movie, as like the person that arrested him. So, yeah, I can see it being like almost a missed opportunity not using him anymore, just because of how great of a por- performance he put, and he could probably be in the Flash Flashpoint movie or in a future Flash movie. But then again, I mean, the Flash Flashpoint movie is technically just rewriting everything or doing like a soft reboot. So, who knows if any of this matters? Oh boy. That's depressing. Yeah. I think it matters. Like, I, I think that there's a good chance if this movie does well, this movie feels like it does kind of feel like their version of Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'm thinking more actually that it seems more like their Deadpool. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, in terms of DC versus Marvel, because Marvel obviously now owns Deadpool. I feel like it's a combination of the two, and that there's, it's just this very raunchy comedy, and that their language is pretty. Like Harley Quinn uses the word splooch. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. Like it, it's a different type of movie that we've seen as a superhero film that was deliberately set to be rated R from DC. Like there's, I can't name one. Maybe I'm mistaken. From DC as in like DC superheroes like Batman. Uh, Birds of Prey. Was that rated R? Yeah. Oh. The language used in this trailer, I feel like was more harsh than anything used in that movie am i crazy um no uh maybe not i don't know like they they did say like a couple f-bombs and things like that in birds of prey and you know there was literally like heads explodings and dick talk and random things like that um but yeah i guess but this is a trailer Mm -hmm. so i don't know yeah it's a that's a good point though forgot about birds of prey yeah yeah it it, it makes me kind of think like where does bird like is this because harley quinn was obviously in Birds of Prey after the original Suicide Squad movie. Like, it explicitly references that. So is this movie after the Birds of Prey? Like, do you think this movie is even going to reference what happens in Birds of Prey? Or they're just like, yeah, whatever. Seems like this is the problem overall with this whole series, is that if they could just get their act together, they could pull people in who have watched the previous movies, as we've discussed many times before, just like the Marvel Cinematic Universe did. So I, did, I don't know. You're may, you may be right. They may not even reference... Birds of Prey at all. Maybe they won't even reference the first Suicide Squad movie at all. Yeah. But I don't know. It seems like they should do that a little bit at least, but we will see, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Cool. Should we get on to the news, Adrian? No. Ah, come on, man. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one. As publication The Hollywood Reporter notes, Disney has once again shifted the release date of the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Black Widow movie from its May 7th, 2021 release date to a July 9th, 2021 premiere date instead, but not without a further catch. On July 9th, the Black Widow movie will not only launch theatrically, it will simultaneously launch on Disney Plus as a premiere access title. As you may recall, Premier Access costs an additional 30 US dollars to rent certain Disney produced films above the required Disney Plus subscription fee. 
Previously, the live-action Mulan movie and the animated feature film Raya and the Last Dragon landed as premier access price titles on what Disney CEO Bob Chappick claimed was on an experimental basis. But the Emma Stone starring Disney villain focused film Cruella will be the next premier access movie to launch on Disney Plus for May 28, 2021, and then the even higher profile Black Widow movie will follow shortly afterwards. In contrast, Disney Pixar's animated film Luca will be launched on Disney Plus free of any extra charges on June 18, 2021. Due to the pandemic, Black Widow will be the first Marvel Cinematic Universe film to premiere in almost two years. The film will see actor Scarlett Johansson reprise her role as MCU super spy Natasha Romanov in what will presumably be the final outing for the character. Adrian, what do you think about this Black Widow, Luca, Cruella in some capacity, Premier Access news? This is so incredibly frustrating, and I hate it. Premier Access, we've said it at nauseum at this point in this podcast, but it is the dumbest, most ridiculous thing ever. It's incredibly inconsistent. I really don't like Bob Chappick because he explicitly said that they're not going to uh, put Black Widow on Premier Access before. And then they also said prior to um, this article releasing that they were going to make the decision on... Um, Black Widow's like movie released last minute, but obviously this is not last minute at all. It that that no, article they pushed it back first and then made it premiere access additionally. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's so beyond frustrating, and it doesn't make any sense. Like in terms of it being inconsistent, like what makes Raya and the Last Dragon and or yeah, Raya and the Last Dragon as an example more worth $30 than, you know, Pixar's Luca or soul or previously. Yes. Yeah, soul. Exactly. Why would you put Cruella? Who the hell is interested in this Cruella movie? Literally nobody is going to go into the theater for Cruella. Nobody would want to like, it, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm just misguided, but who cares about Cruella DeVille from 101 Dalmatians? Why do we want to watch this movie? That's possibly going to try to sympathize a person that wants to skin dogs alive and make them into yeah. a quote. It seems like a PETA nightmare. Am I crazy? I, I it's it's ridiculous, man. And what like in who in their right mind would think this movie is worth a premier access rental? And once again, more so than Soul or uh, Pixar's My Dad a Pair of Pants that came out last year, which to be fair, I didn't really love, but that that movie or you know Pixar's animated Luca film. And you've mentioned this before as well, but what's stopping them from starting to charge this additional cost for their TV series? We're looking at, you know, Falcon and the winter soldier, which I didn't brought uh, bring up this week, but episode two aired and it's awesome. The budget's unreal in this show, but what, what makes these movies worth $30, but not an entire six episode, eight episode, whatever episode series. Yeah, you're completely right. I just don't understand this. It's it's arbitrary nonsense. And Bob Trappick is inconsistency. I just can't. I can't. It's just unfortunate. I uh, I wasn't going to say this on the podcast, but you know, I'm going to say it now because I just feel like this is it's time. It's time. I sent you a picture at one point or somebody else sent you a picture because we don't talk outside this podcast. Uh, a picture of Bob Trappick compared with Kingpin. I don't know. I don't know. Is it is it connected? I think so. Nobody liked Kingpin and nobody likes Bob Chappick. Screw that guy. 
Yeah, I just don't get it. I just don't understand this. Like, I, I don't. I, I don't think it's probably just Bob Chappick's fault. Like, I'm. I mean, I kid. I kid, Bob. I know you're listening to this podcast. You know, I'm joking around. But I just find that this whole situation is just ridiculous. Thirty five dollars in Canada to rent Black Widow now is going to be ridiculous. There is no way in hell I'm ever doing Premier Access ever. I'm just so frustrated that this is the way the industry itself could go. It's not even just about Disney Plus. It's about Netflix and Amazon Prime Video. Them seeing the the dollar signs of how much money Disney is making just by having, for instance, Ryan the Last Dragon become perhaps successful. Who knows how successful it really was. But if they announce those numbers, they could change the industry forever for streaming. I do not want to spend that money. I do not. I will not. No. No. It's It's not happening. I will go watch this movie in theaters if it's available in my region, if I'm able to watch it. If not, I won't be watching Black Widow. Me neither. It's unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. And the fact, as you just we just alluded to, Soul is somehow not a premier access film, but Ryan the Last Dragon is. I don't understand this connection. Like, why, though? Soul has won more awards this awards season than almost every other film. The only film that's won more awards than Soul is surprisingly just Nomadland. It's even beat out Minari as an example. So mm-hmm. I just find this is ridiculous. And we've said it over and over again. And I just don't understand this. You're claiming it's, claiming it's experimental, but you're changing the industry forever. You're going to destroy theaters by doing this. And you're going to ruin streaming maybe for me. Like, I just don't understand that like, we're, we're going to lose both by this. Mm-hmm. Theaters will go away and we'll have to be paying $35 for freaking The Gray Man on Netflix. Like I, I, the gray man costs an arm and a leg. I don't want to pay thirty five dollars, and I will not pay it. So that yeah, dude, yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, it, like what's stopping these other big streaming services from going the same direction? It's incredibly worrisome, man. I honestly think Amazon has arguably the best business model because they have their streaming services, like their actual Amazon Prime streaming service, where you have access to all of their actually like Prime original stuff and things they have streaming rights to. But then they also give you the option to either rent or buy additional movies that they don't have rights to that you can just add to your library permanently, regardless of right. if you are paying for an Amazon Prime subscription or not. I think I think that is the, the best possible way to do this business. And I think they've they've nailed it. Amazon did. And yeah, like I really don't want anyone following suit in this Disney plus situation, because the more I hear about it, the more frustrated and upset I get about it. And yeah, I'm going to vote for my wallet, man. I ain't, I ain't watching black Widow. I ain't watching Cruella by paying this additional fee. Um, the, the argument is always made like, Oh, you know, it's 35 bucks, right. And, or $30, you know, like if I go out to the movie theaters, I'm spending $50 on tickets and popcorn, blah, 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 blah. But again, you're not taking into account here in Canada, at least Disney plus $12. And 35 bucks on top of that for the premium rental. That's 47 bucks. We went to go watch Nobody the other night. I bought a ticket for myself, my lover, two large popcorns, a drink, all this stuff for around that same price, maybe like a couple bucks more or less. And what did I get out of that? I got to go to the theater. I got to watch this movie on a huge screen and I got to eat freaking popcorn and have a drink. It's way better sound. Like you have an OLED. It doesn't really matter. It's irrelevant. It because the, the the actual incredible sound of a movie theater, hearing it in like Dolby Atmos as an example, is is unmatched. That's not the same as watching it at home. It's just not the same. And you got the popcorn out of it, which I mean, you still have to buy friggin' Orville Redenbacher's if you wanted to create that experience. I just yeah, 
this is nonsense. That argument is so tired and annoying. I just hate it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, yeah, you just said it. It's just so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And also Orville Redenbacher popcorn is nowhere near as good as the Cineplex popcorn. That's correct. That's correct. Long live Cineplex. Yeah. The one thing I am glad about it is it seems that Warner Brothers isn't following that suit. Oh, that leads me to number two. According to publication Deadline, Warner Brothers has signed a multi-year deal with the world's second largest theater corporation, Cineworld. The initial facet of the deal denotes that Cineworld will reopen many of its Regal Cinemas locations on April 16th, 2021. Upon reopening, many of the remaining 2021 Warner Brothers films, such as Mortal Kombat and The Suicide Squad, will be set to premiere at Cineworld's 500-plus American locations. Additionally, the new agreement also states that the 2022 slate of Warner Brothers films will be exclusively set to launch theatrically at Regal Cinemas for a minimum of 45 days prior to any streaming release. This exclusivity deal is notable due to Warner Brothers' recent choice to premiere the entire 2021 movie lineup on HBO Max and in theaters simultaneously. This decision had initially stirred up quite a bit of drama between the studio and many persuasive Hollywood directors such as Christopher Nolan and Denis Villeneuve. To discuss the deal further, Cineworld CEO Mookie Greidinger stated, Quote, we are very happy for the agreement with Warner Brothers. This agreement shows the studio's commitment to the theatrical business, and we see this agreement as an important milestone in our 100-year relationship with Warner Brothers. Unquote. Adrian, what do you make of this dichotomy between two of the world's largest film studios? I'm, I'm loving this. I'm, I'm really happy that Warner Brothers is backing down slightly from that initial position they 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 put themselves in when they were really really the first to officially go like hey all our movies they're coming out on the streaming service as well as still in theaters but streaming service and theaters the same day and that was the first sign of like oh no theaters are screwed but it's nice to see that they are making this deal with Cineworld where they're not going to do that they are going to release their movies in theaters for a minimum 45 days prior to their streaming release, really helping the theater industry as a whole. I know um, Cineworld was the company that was looking to buy Cineplex. Am I correct about that? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously that fell through. They backed out of the purchase uh, due to you know the COVID-19 pandemic and all of that stuff. I'm sure you, you've all heard about it, but yeah, it's it's nice to see that Warner Brothers is is doing this, and it, it makes me feel confident that they're not going to fall the same route that uh, Disney is doing right now with Disney Plus. It, it alleviates a little bit of my worry. Now it really comes down to is Netflix going to do the thing that Disney is doing or not, um, or these other streaming services, Peacock or whatever. I don't I, I don't know. But yeah, this is this is good to see. This is good to see, and I don't know about you, but I, it 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 makes the burn from the Disney story burn a little less it does it's interesting this that this happened in the same week it, it does burn less but it still still hurts it still hurts the disney thing because it's just you can just release it for free because mm-hmm. we pay a subscription fee if you need us to if you need us to pay more money on the disney plus subscription ask me to pay more money and i'll decide whether it's worth it the pure mirror access is like a shit or get off the pot or like a, a half measure as opposed to a full measure. 
Make a full measure. Don't do this nonsense where you're like, well, let's sneak in this little charge. No, no. I thought, you know, back in the day, it definitely still is the case now, but on cable or on cable, like through cable subscriptions, satellite subscriptions, you could, of course, pay to view a specific movie. This is not new. This is like pay-per-view. Why are we bringing back pay-per-view? Who likes pay-per-view? Do you like pay-per-view, Adrian? Like, am I missing something? Is pay-per-view good? Does anyone like the idea of it? No, I don't think I've ever purchased anything on pay-per-view, and I don't ever think anyone ever thought it was a good thing. I always assumed. Maybe they do. I always assumed pay-per-view was for, like, sports, like WWE and shit like that. Yeah, this is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And Warner Brothers is going the opposite way, which, again, like, they, they went for this because of the pandemic. People hated it. Like specifically their big name Hollywood directors who they've worked with has hated it. And I appreciate them taking that feedback and running with it and saying, hey, okay, it's not reasonable for us to release movies at the same time on HBO Max as it is in theater, like at the same time in theaters as on HBO Max. That's fair. That's fair. We want to have great creators making great work for us and we just can't do that. So we're going to, we're going to bend. We're going to, we're going to do what, needs to be done. We obviously love the theatrical experience. I thought Disney liked the theatrical experience. I thought they were a fan of it too. That's a weird thing about this whole situation is that I thought they were one of the holdouts and that they wanted to make sure that they release family films and theaters because that makes them millions of dollars a year. They are literally the studio that owns Avatar and Avengers Endgame, which are the top theatrical releases of all time. So you'd think that they'd be like, oh, we need this. But they think that they're gonna just going to push the envelope. I just feel like it's Bob Chappick. I don't know why, but like what I, would Bob Iger have done this? I know he's still at the company still. He's an advisor, but man, man, I don't know. Yeah, man. It just seems odd to me. It's not customer facing in any way. It's just, let's make as much money as possible. It worked a little bit the first two times. We got somebody, we got them all used to it. We said it was an experiment and we wouldn't really do it again. They're doing it again right after like bam, 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 over and over again. It's just lies. Lies. Yeah, man. Wilson Fisk has taken over Disney. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it, it is upsetting because honest, like my, my most memorable theater memory, like I, I remembered a few, but my, I will never, ever forget the experience of being in theaters the opening night of Endgame and the scene where Captain America picks up Thor's hammer and how wild the crowd went. That gives me butterflies whenever I think about it. And that was one of the greatest highs of my life, as ridiculous as that sound. There are so many moments in that that movie, though. Like the Avengers assemble for the first time in Avengers movie history, like in terms of the live action movies. It, that's so rousing. It's just such a... That movie has so many moments in the opening night of that movie. And even after that, when we went to see it again, it's just there's so many moments that were just, again, they're so awesome. It yeah. was. Yeah, man. I don't know. This is not spelled doom. We're, we're talking really doom and gloom. This isn't a spell doom for the industry completely, but it's like we've kind of said this is going this direction like months ago when we talked about this to begin with. And I feel like it's it can only sway the industry because, again, if you start showing that the numbers are adding up, if it starts to make economical sense, it's just um, – 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. In contrast, again, Warner Brothers realizes that they need the theatrical experience and 45 days is enough for them to then put the movies that they launch on HBO Max afterwards. And so it's still, it's not the end of the world. And that, again, Warner Brothers is also an incredibly massive studio. So it's, again, we, we there's there's hope. There's definitely hope. It's just, uh, again, Disney owns a ton. So we shall see what happens next, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it, man. Number three, as reported by Deadline, AMC's in-house brand agency is set to create multiple Fear the Walking Dead and Better Call Saul digital spin-off series to be streamed online only. Each series is planned to be posted on platforms like YouTube and IGTV, Instagram TV. Previously, AMC had created the Emmy Award-winning Better Call Saul employee training spin-off web series, which also has a planned second season. The three brand new shows planned for digital release are the animated Better Call Saul Slippin' Jimmy series, a Fear of the Walking Dead Season 6 connected series about a submarine crew, and a show about a man opening a tiki bar directed by Better Call Saul actor Rhea Seahorn. Adrian, what did you make of this? These in-house brand agency created digital spin-off TV series from AMC. Well, Simon, um, I think this is kind of interesting. AMC is no stranger for doing these sort of webisode series. Uh, they've been doing it since, I want to say like 2011, 2012, alongside The Walking Dead. I remember specifically there, I think the first one was like a six episode web series about the um, the the woman on the bike in the pilot episode that like uh, Rick walks past. I know this, this is going a little bit <laughs> into a little bit of too much detail, but uh, I don't know if you recall that there's that iconic scene with Andrew Lincoln and he's walking past like this woman that's just reaching out to him that's on a bike and you know, the episode finishes with him killing her. Um, I don't recall. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I, for, I forget what it was called. Uh, maybe torn apart. Let me look. Yeah, it is torn apart. It is torn apart. Uh, and then I know they had a few other ones that were like tie-ins and they introduced different characters for like uh, The Walking Dead. They would even air them during like the commercial breaks in the Ooh. in the app, like when you were watching Walking Dead on um, on AMC. The, the idea of a better call Saul like spinoff animated series is super interesting. I had no idea they had a better call Saul employee training spinoff series. Is that for like Los Poyos Hermanos or is it for like his, his, like his, 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 his legal practice? What, what, what is that r- related to? It's really the only two I things think, that it could be. <laughs> I think it was the legal practice if I recall, but I honestly, I'm not as well versed on this as I, as I could be. We should watch this and uh, maybe talk about it. Cause it, I'm fairly certain it's short. It did win an Emmy though at the Emmys last year, like in 2020. So it's, uh, it's very well regarded, which is cool. So I'm Googling this better call Saul employee training. There's three seasons the first two are Los Poyos Hermanos, and then the third season is like the practice, like the, the legal practice. Oh. If I'm seeing this correctly, I just Googled Better Call Saul employee. Yeah, Better Call Saul Los Poyos Hermanos. Well, I'm a crazy person. Then that means training. that I definitely wrote this incorrectly because I said that it's a they're moving into their planned second season. That's not a planned second season. They're mm-hmm. going to a fourth season. Oops. Yeah. This is interesting. I don't know. This is kind of unclear. Like Google isn't being totally clear. It shows three seasons though. Hmm. Yeah, no, it says that for me. I, I see that for sure. Yeah, they must be moving into a fourth season. I must have read that incorrectly. Again, well, we ca- we caught the correction early here, but that's interesting. It is cool that the way they do this, it's, a, it's an interesting tactic on making TV shows. 
it's kind of a neat way to market your shows because it's, it's really i think just complex marketing for their actual like their mainline tv series but mm-hmm. yeah it's a, it's a cool way that you can just kind of increase the universe like the scope of the universe like add additional like lore to it without uh spending like a huge budget and you know you could do like it probably doesn't cost too much money to do these small webisodes and if someone's watching it online, you're probably making ad revenue and everything like that. I, I imagine it's like a pretty, pretty like financially good option. Sound model. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, uh, sorry, I, I realized I keep, uh, I was looking it up here just to make sure that I got her name right. It's not Raya. Maybe I'm, I'm connecting it to Raya and the last dragon here, but her lot, her first name is Ray Seahorn. The, the actress who plays, uh, Kim Wexler in better call Saul, who's absolutely absolutely phenomenal by the way she's so amazing yeah she's 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 directing that that third series that's coming out or fourth series i guess the the third new series though about the tiki bar guy who's trying to open up a tiki bar in his backyard or something like that that that's not connected to better call Saul, am i correct i don't think it is i I don't really i didn't really get why that was kind of connected in this whole idea of the the new digital spinoff series because it's not really a spinoff, but they mentioned it in the same article. So I'm not, I didn't really quite understand. I think we'd have to kind of see a trailer for it or something to get a better grasp. But yeah, I don't think it's connected. Not from my understanding. Okay. I mean, it's connected in that it's Ray Seahorn directing it. She's a co-director for that series. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing this. I don't know how I never heard of the Better Call Saul employee training. I definitely want to watch it. Hopefully we can get here in Canada. Worst case, I'll just use like a VPN or something. But Speaking of that, actually, the Justice League movie, the Zack Snyder's Justice League was released as the Justice is Grey version. It's black and white. From my understanding, we can't get that here in, on Crave. So we can't actually see that, unfortunately, here. I kind of did want to watch it over again, believe it or not. But I don't think we get that on Crave TV, which is, the, I guess, our version of HBO Max, as close as it can get, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. based on licensing agreements with HBO. Yeah, on Crave, we just we got the original Justice League film in Canada, but we just didn't get the Justice is Grey. Would you watch Justice is Grey? Um, probably not, honestly. Like, I just don't care enough to watch a movie in black and white. I didn't watch it for Logan, and I like I absolutely adore Logan. I don't think I ever went back and watched a movie in black and white. I just yeah. like the contrast of these films. Like I liked, I love the contrast of Mank. I just feel like it's it's a kind of a beautiful color palette, mm-hmm. or rather, an absence of color palette, a grayscale palette, I should say. So I feel like I would. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't watch it, but... care enough about that. I really like the lighthouse. Oh, I am incorrect. Justice is Gray is now on Crave. I looked for it when it supposedly launched in the in the United States, but now, yeah, it's on Crave now. Wow, I'm I'm saying things and correcting myself every five minutes here. <laughs> that's that's great. Anyways, yeah, Justice is Grey is on. I might watch that honestly. It's just an excuse to watch it again, though, isn't it? Yeah, I could just watch it in color again, though. Yeah, it's true. I won't watch it like soon. I'll probably wait a little bit and maybe watch it again. I also bring this up because it's crazy how many people I've talked to that have watched this movie. I don't know about you, but I've everyone I work with that I've asked has said they watched it. I guess I kind of presumed that that particular group of individual people that i asked would have watched it but it's funny i've asked like four people and they all said i watched this Mm -hmm. i do wonder because of the the incredible again following for the justice league movie and creating this you know fervor behind the snyder cut whether we will restore the snyderverse as the hashtag says 
I don't know. What do you think? Um, one can dream. I'm not going to get my hopes up though. I, I, I again think that I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that we got what we got. I'm happy that we got this justice league movie, but I'm not uh, holding my breath on a sequel to it. I just think that there's a lot more hype and more people that have watched this than I expected. I thought it was just going to kind of come and go. And people were going to be like, oh, yeah, that came out. I was kind of going to watch it, but should I? And then they won't watch it. That was the kind of reaction that I thought it was going to have. But it was not that. It doesn't seem like that, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I would shit myself with excitement. Um, but, yeah, I'm just. But did you ask people, hey, did you watch this? And they said, that was the thing for me that sort of shocked me. Is I know that's really, that's like small town type of syndrome here. Because like I only t- talk to the people that I talk to at work. But. I just found it odd. Like I, I can ask a, a dozen people, "Hey, have you seen this movie? That, did you see Nobody?" And they'll be all like, "No, what the heck is Nobody? I have no idea what that is." But everyone I was talking to was kind of had, had seen Justice League. Was that kind of the way you found things? Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say every single person, but a lot more people than I expected, and even people that know little to nothing about like this universe. Um, a couple of people actually asked me about it and they're like, what, what is it? What is the deal with this whole Snyder universe? Like if, if anyone, if anyone knows about this, it would probably be you just because I wear my freaking heart on my sleeve. I talk about all my interests at work constantly. Um, and yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it, it was kind of interesting to see that it's just like, people are curious about it and, uh, a decent chunk of people have watched it. I'm really like, again, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hopeful, but I, 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 I don't want to hope too much. I don't want to get my uh, hopes and dreams dashed away, Simon. Let's see. Well, now on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as noted by publication Variety, Nightcrawler actor Jake Gyllenhaal is set to star in extraction director Sam Hargrave's next war film, Combat Control. Jake Gyllenhaal's best role was Prince of Persia. <laughs> Oh, God. I never even watched Prince of Persia. Number two. As reported by Variety, Jamie Foxx has been cast as heavyweight boxing champion Mike Tyson in the biographical series directed by the Equalizer director Antoine Fuqua. Mm, Interesting. Equalizer's an okay movie. Number three. As Variety reports, promising young woman director Emerald Fennell has been tapped to direct a DC film adaptation for superhero Satana. Again, one of our commitments for next week is maybe we're going to watch Promising Young Woman. Number four. As Deadline reports, director Steven Spielberg has cast Seth Rogen as his favorite uncle in the biopic about Steven Spielberg's childhood in Arizona. Actor Michelle Williams has also been hired on to play a part in the film. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. I'll watch this. Steven Spielberg directed that bad movie, Ready Player One. That is incorrect. Ready Player One is a is a fine movie. Number five. As Variety notes, actor Keanu Reeves will star and produce a film and anime series for Netflix based upon his comic book series, Berserker. Berserker follows an immortal warrior who lives for 80,000 years. Whoa, that's so many years. Maybe I'll read this book. The, the comic book series? Yeah. I feel like you weren't listening. Number six. According to Deadline, Sony Pictures is creating a film adaptation of the Sony PlayStation video game Ghost of Tsushima, with John Wick director Chad Stahelski set to direct. I was listening, by the way. I knew it was a comic book series for that last one. However, I am quite uh, intrigued about this Ghost of Tsushima movie simply because of the director attached to it. You were listening, but you said book singular, so I don't know. Number seven. 
As reported by website NME, Disney Plus is currently in early development for a Hawkeye spin-off series following the Native American superhero Echo. Echo. Well, the reason I said book singular, I just said book singular, but like, obviously it's a comic book series. Like I just said book, like what? I don't understand what the big deal is. Anyways, um, this is interesting. I have no idea who Echo is. Apparently she can mimic the movement of her enemy. So like, like Taskmaster? Yeah, it seems similar to that. It seems similar to that in, in a weird way. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, she's from a comic book series, series, comic books. Number eight. As reported by Variety, Academy Award-winning actor Forrest Whitaker has been cast alongside Tom Hardy for the Gareth Evans-directed crime drama Havoc. I still think you don't believe me that I was listening. I know it was a comic book series. I just said book, trying to save time. Like, I'm just going to read this book series. But I was just like, I'll, I'll read this book, the Berserker series as a whole. Anyways, um, pretty, pretty good cast. Forrest Whitaker and Tom Hardy are great, and... Gareth Evans, I didn't love his um, Godzilla movie, but hey, he kicked off this universe of pretty awesome movies. Whose comic book series is it, Adrian? Hmm? Number nine, as The Hollywood Reporter notes, the What We Do in the Shadows film directed by Taika Waititi is getting a spin-off series on HBO Max and the CW Network. The series will be called Wellington Paranormal, and we'll see What We Do in the Shadows actors Karen O'Leary and Mike Minogue reprise their roles. So it's Keanu Reeves's comic book series. I know that, obviously, because I was listening to you initially. However, this Wellington Paranormal show, this show has already been released. There's already a few seasons of it. HBO Max and CW are just getting the distribution rights here in, I guess, in the States. I'm hoping we'll get it here in Canada, maybe on Crave or something. But there's already a season or two of this show. Thanks for the correction. Also, I believe you. About you listening to me about Berserker. It's all good. I just forgot you have problems with plurals. Number 10. As publication The Hollywood Reporter references, James Bond actor Pierce Brosnan has been cast as Justice Society of America hero Dr. Fate in the upcoming DC film Black Adam. Like, I... What do you mean I have a problem with plurals? What, what kind of statement is that? Anyways, this, 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 this Black Adam movie has, like, a pretty all-star cast. It's, it's quite wild. And that concludes... The montage. The montage is. What? <laughs> that that just proves my point that you have issues with plurals. No. Okay. Well, we'll just leave it at that. What do you have for me, Adrian? What do you have for me, Adrian? Well, I got new release for you. Okay. This is just. I understand. I think you you're proving my point. I'll stop the you're bit. Successfully... I'll stop the bit. I'll stop the bit. <laughs> the 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 uh, this is these new releases are for the 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 week from uh, Monday, March 29th to April the fourth. The first movie that is coming out is coming out on Wednesday, March thirty first, on the in theaters and on HBO Max in the United States of America. It's go, it's Godzilla versus Kong, or otherwise known as the King Kong the the Kong movie King the King the Kong King Kong movie. Whatever you said at the beginning of the show, I'm not going to carry on that. Anyways, this looks awesome. I'm excited to watch this. And uh, we, this is another movie that we committed to maybe watching next week. Yeah, maybe. We committed to maybe watching. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Alongside Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. We'll either watch one or both of those movies or possibly neither. None of them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We don't know. It's up in the air, but we did watch Nobody, which we did not commit to yeah. this week. So. We kept our word. We weren't to no one. 
Yeah, we weren't nobody in in the, the we were people we were there was there wasn't nobody in the theater because we were at the theater watching nobody. Why did I just say I just said we kept our word to no one? What a missed opportunity. I could have literally said we kept our word to, to nobody. Am I am I what's wrong with me, Adrian? I don't know, Simon. I'm broken. I don't know. Quick aside. We, yes, we broke <laughs> What? <laughs> Why did you pause for so long? We broke our word to nobody is a great title for this episode. We broke we broke our word to no man. It's not bad. It's not bad. I'm gonna write this down. I feel like it could be like thank you, Wilson Fisk, or something like that. But that's a good one too. Just for the record, is the Wilson Fisk thing mean? Wilson, it's mean to Bob Chappick, this billionaire. Right, but is it a mean take? Like, do you think that's like a cruel thing to say? I don't want to cross a line. You know, I'm the, I'm a nice guy. I don't want to be mean. I don't think it's that mean. You just you you're just saying that he's a round man, a round bald man. He's not even round. Wilson Fisk is not is actually a pretty buff dude. Actually, yeah, he's pretty strong. He's just a tall guy. Like Bob Chappick is a very tall man who just happens to be bald. And he wears the same kind of suits that Wilson Fisk just so happens to wear. It's odd. He doesn't wear a tie. It's it's kind of odd. If you look at the similarity, all he has to do is wear a white jacket and white pants. And we, I mean, he could be cast in the next Daredevil movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's not impossible. That's what I'm saying. I feel like there's not that many comparisons on the internet. I wonder if he's struck them down with his Mm -hmm. power. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Smash their heads in with a car door. What a wild scene that was. That was a great scene. Yeah, there's some pretty cr- crazy scenes in that that I was just surprised to see from Disney. Yeah. Because it's kind of Disney. It's Netflix, but it's Disney. The next movie coming out is coming in on Thursday, April the 1st, and it's called Tersen Jung, The Movie. This is uh, a Netflix original movie, and it's about a woman in a love triangle. Keeping it brief for that one, baby. And the next movies are all coming out on Friday, April the 2nd. Just Say Yes. Yes. Is a Netflix original movie and it's about a woman who has her wedding plans unraveled as her sister becomes engaged yes 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 this is the sequel to yes day this is how far it went (laughs) the parents made it yes year yes and then it became yes life oh no they have never said no their entire life they're still saying yes yeah the children are spoiled brats Yes. Yes. No. No. Madame Claude is the next movie that is a Netflix original flick. And it's about the world of sex work and a young woman who threatens to change everything. Wow. Wow, that was good. Thank you. Ooh, send me chills. Yes. Goosebumpies. Goosebumpies. Jesus, don't ever say that. Ugh. (laughs) Concrete Cowboy is the next movie that's coming out. And it is a Netflix original movie. This movie stars Idris Elba and Caleb McLaughlin, who is uh, probably best known for his role in Stranger Things. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that guy. Yeah, and uh, those two, they... <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? That was weird. Uh, and <laughs> they they both star in this movie, and Caleb McLaughlin plays a troubled teen and uh, who's hanging out with his cowboy father, who's Idris Alba. Uh, just for the record, Idris Alba is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That, that was the highlight of that one of the highlights or maybe not the entire highlight but he's one of the highlights of that suicide squad trailer and i'm just so happy that he's in that movie so me too me too me too what's next adrian what's next sky high is the next movie it's a netflix original movie 
However, it's not the 2005 film Sky High, which is a comedy action movie. Okay. Yeah. Cool. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Shiva Baby. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. Um, It's a video on demand movie. Shiva, probably best known for her role in the Final Fantasy uh, series as a summon you can make or an esper in most of those games, is uh, plays a Jewish girl um, who's at a at a at a funeral, like a Jewish funeral with her family. This young girl comes across her sugar daddy and her girlfriend at this at this funeral. Okay, Mm -hmm. what the heck does this have to do with Final Fantasy? The heck are you talking about? I'm playing Final Fantasy 12 on my Switch. I'm getting into it. Apparently. But uh, she was like a su- she was like a summon in like most of the Final Fantasy games. Spe- oh, speaking of that, getting into that for Final Fantasy. Did you see have you seen those weird commercials for Final Fantasy? I think it's the MMO. Like Final Fantasy 14? I think so. They keep coming up for me on YouTube in various places. And it's like somebody's like they're doing a regular thing and then they're like you should play final fantasy uh, whatever 14 this is where you can become a real sorcerer in your life <laughs> it, it commits like someone's cooking dinner and it's like you can cook food for real haven't you always wanted to cook food in the final fantasy setting did you not you've never seen this no i have no context for those trailers okay i mean i hope somebody's watched them I just, they keep hitting me with these. I'm like, I have no interest in Final Fantasy 14. You picked the wrong guy. Stop. Stop showing me these. <laughs> I see them a lot. I see them too much. I want them to stop. Stop. But I thought you were making that connection here because you were making a weird connection to Final Fantasy during this completely unrelated film that you were announcing here. So. No, no, no. Shiva, the summon, has a baby who's a little Jewish girl, and she's at a funeral with her family. And that young girl comes across her sugar daddy and girlfriend, like I said in the description prior to this conversation. Okay, it's fine. What's the next movie coming out, buddy? Say your prayers. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Can you can you just please tell me what the movie is? It's, come on. Uh, it's a video on demand. How long do you want me to go? Do you want me to do all the prayers? Do you want me to do the whole rosary? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou amongst them. No, just tell me what the movie is. <laughs> this is a it's a it's a video on demand rental. Um, on uh, according to Movie Insider and the Apple TV app, it's about two Christian radical orphaned brothers who are given the job assassinating a, a professor, but mistake the identity of their target and kill the wrong man. Now stuck in a small town on its most busy weekend, they await their priest to give them more instruction. That has a long description. Yeah. Did you just copy and paste that one? No, no. I actually rewrote that one. I rewrote everyone. Are you interested in this one? Is that why you wrote so much? Um, It, it definitely uh, intrigued me. It definitely intrigued me. Okay. Seems like a cool premise. All right. All right. I find that sometimes you pause for a long period of time during this podcast. I, I cut out some of the pauses, to be honest. I, I, I honor I honor your time, listener. I want to make sure you, you, know, you feel valued. I don't want to just have... Adrian's hundred pauses per episode, always so visible. But I find that you sometimes have bits go on for potentially ever. Why did you start saying the prayer after I already did the prayer? What was the point of this? <laughs> I just want to carry on the bit, man. I just want to keep on going. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I like it, I think. But I wonder, I don't know. Does everyone like Does it? Does anyone? Write into us at SpoofCourse Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Write into us. We want to hear from you. Did you like 
that bit that Adrian runs about keeping bits running for as long as possible while pausing for as long as possible. Yeah. Tell us, tell us. I swear if nobody writes in about that, I'm not, I'm going to go to the theaters to watch nobody again. Why is that a threat? It's not. Do you want to go see nobody again? I kind of do. I kind of do. Do you actually? Oh, I didn't know that. Really? Why? I just want to go. I want to support the movies, baby. I see. But King Kong's coming out like next week. Yeah, I know. We've got got no time actually to even watch nobody again. Yeah, you're right. Roe versus Wade is the next movie coming out. And this was confirmed by m.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV app. It's a video on demand movie. It's based on the true story of the historic court case, which determined which determined the state of abortion laws in the United States. Interesting. That does not seem like a fun movie. No, 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 it doesn't. Anyways, speaking of priests and stuff, the next movie that's coming out is a movie called The Unholy. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and m.the-numbers.com. This is actually coming to theaters, and this is not to be confused with the 1988 movie by the same name. This movie actually stars Jeffrey Jean Jorgen investigating a young girl with the ability to heal people. But this girl, although performing these miracles, is actually possessed by some demon or devil or something like that. Hmm. You want to see that movie? Does that look interesting? It does look really probably not that great, but it does look interesting enough that I would watch it. Even if the reviews weren't that great. Again, I'm just down to watch anything. However, it's not playing in uh, Cineplex. Like there's no like. No times. Uh, I see. I think you do like, I do, I do think you appreciate the acting ability of Mephri Mean Morgan. Yeah, I, I, I really do. I really do. Like, honestly, his, his role in um, Grey's Anatomy, like, he does a really good job, uh, Defrey Dean Dorgan. He, he really does a great job. And again, I, I love his role in The Walking Dead, even though those seasons aren't all that great. He uh, knocks out of the park as Negan. And again, he's the comedian. Yeah, he does. He does. There's something about it. It's like, I feel like, the Walking Dead, it's it just it balances the line of greatness so often. I find. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said this previously on this podcast. I feel like I said that on Air, about Arrow, but I, I I don't. I feel like I don't mean it about Arrow as much as I do about The Walking Dead. It just it really does balance this line of greatness where there's just certain episodes, certain moments that are just so ah so iconic to that even to that genre, mm-hmm. and yet sometimes it's just they just filler. As we've discussed, like just this, gotta just talk about your feelings and how you, you know, we talked about this. It's just, I do like his portrayal of Negan as well. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Anyways, on the topic of miracles happening, how about the girl who believes in miracles? Oh, okay. Yeah, this is confirmed by Movie Insider in the trailer itself. It's a movie coming to theaters, apparently. Again, I couldn't find it on our Cineplex app, so I guess not coming to us. However, it's about a girl who starts praying and then the miracle ability starts a spraying out, <laughs> starting with a bird coming to life. Will the press ruin this girl's life? Question mark. What a ridiculous line. Yeah. A girl starts praying and then the miracle ability starts a spraying? <laughs> that that really? description, I actually copied and pasted. <laughs> no, no, you did not. <laughs> No, you did not. That's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, what's the next movie coming out? It's uh, Every Breath You Take. This, th- So these next two movies, I have three sources listed down because I legitimately have no idea if these are actually coming out because I couldn't find them anywhere or like cross-reference these. I have a few of these every week where I'm like, it says it's video on demand, and some say it's limited theaters, some say it's theaters and v- VOD. 
but I can't figure it out in Canada. But again, I listed three sources just to be safe. So if I'm wrong, these three sources are wrong. And the first one is uh, Every Breath You Take. It's it's confirmed by Movie Insider, the most reliable source on the internet, m.thehypenumbers.com, and Rotten Tomatoes as well. It's apparently a video-on-demand movie and a limited theatrical release. It's about a psychiatrist's patient who kills herself, and then that patient's brother ruins the family's life. Oh, boy. Of the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist being Casey Affleck. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And then this final movie that is coming out for this week, same same ex- explanation I just gave. Uh, it's a movie called The Oak Room. And this is confirmed by Movie Insider, the most reliable source on the internet, m.thehypenumbers.com, as well as Rotten Tomatoes, and it's a video-on-demand movie, starring R.J. Mitty in this movie about a drifter in a bar during a snowstorm with dark tales told and violence that unfolds. Oh, that one was well-written. Thank you. I'll give you that. You know who R.J. Mitty is? I'm actually looking that up right now. It is. I probably do. But I, oh, I know what it is. It's the gentleman from Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. Walter White's son. Walt Jr., my friend. Walter Flynn White Mm -hmm. Jr. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It is interesting. I don't think I've seen him in anything other than Breaking Bad, so it's pretty cool that he's getting a role. This this movie's actually rated quite well. There's not a huge amount of reviews, but it's, I think, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes that I could see. If I recall correctly. Cool. Yeah. Anyways, that, that's all the movies coming out this week, man. That's it. That's all I'm done. I'm signing off. I'm done the show. See you later. Don't leave. Don't leave. We we still have stuff. We still have content left. <gasps> oh, you're there. Are you going to let me continue or what? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. I'm not going to listen, but go for it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's reach back into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? As mentioned at the top of our show, we ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to spillfocuspodcast.gmail.com. And Master Kenneth Saddlebauer wrote into us, and he said, Dear Streaming Stars, I was going to launch a verbose explanation of the Affleck Batman's reaction to failure at saving lives. First, his powerlessness at his parents' death, his inability to save Robin, and finally taking part in the death of Superman. His presence at the resurrection of Supes would be his personal penance. But who gives a rodent's posterior about that in comparison to the question posed by Marta Pinter? Would you rather be an extra in an Oscar-winning movie or a lead in a box office bomb? A lead in a box office bomb guarantees you neither fortune nor fame. But an extra in an Oscar-winning movie gains a form of immortality. Although technically not considered an extra, I would rather have a small speaking role in a memorable production. I would be paid higher than an extra, paid directly through the production company and not the casting service, and would be seen by future generations, providing, of course, they really are committed to watching a classic movie a month. Love X Lunguinguo to you both. I butchered that. Anyway, sign Kenneth and a quote here. I don't think I ever expected anything like an Oscar ever. To tell you the truth, that is not my motivation. When I do these roles, I really am motivated by being able to work with great people and create a body of work that I can look back and be proud of. A quote by Leonardo DiCaprio. Adrian, what did you think of Kenneth's choice that he would instead to choose the third option, which wasn't an option, Kenneth. It wasn't an option. It wasn't an option to be in a smaller role that has a speaking part. Mm. An extra doesn't have a speaking part. What are we talking about? What are we talking about here? Anyway, to, to give it context, I mean, as the letter says, last week, your mom, Adrian, wrote into us. No, my mom's name is Marta. Yeah, no, I know. I feel like that was, whatever. I'm not going to defend my 
my grammar here. Regardless, your mom, Adrian, your mom, is that is that fair? Your mom, Adrian, it's not her name isn't Adrian. That's not what I'm suggesting. Regardless, she said that she basically asked us whether we would rather star in an Oscar-winning movie, but only as an extra, or be a lead in a box office bomb. And I think we both chose, if I'm not mistaken, box office bomb. And uh, I really do think that Kenneth Saddlebauer is taking door number three. Well, that door doesn't exist, Kenneth. You just walked into you just walked into the wall like Wiley e. Coyote in, in the Looney Tunes series, Looney Tunes, Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner. And it, it, that that door doesn't exist. It's a real fake door, my friend. It's a real fake door. I'm not a fan of that answer. Come on down to real <laughs> fake doors. Speaking of uh, speaking of Looney Tunes, what about Lola Bunny's? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're going back. To, that was like two episodes ago. <laughs> I'm bringing the bit back, baby. I'm bringing it back. Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep them running as long as possible. That's your signature uh, <laughs> signature move. To talk about what he was talking about first, I do find that kind of interesting. He was he was referencing again Justice League. We talked about how Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman, he kind of feels a little bit. Well, at least I did. I kind of felt like he was a little bit weaker in this, and that he doesn't seem to be much of the mastermind. And he makes a weird choice to go face Superman. When all of like the immortal beings like Flash and Aquaman and Wonder Woman already failed to defeat Superman, what the heck is the mortal kryptonite-less Batman going to do against Superman? It seemed kind of stupid. But Kenneth makes a point here that the reason why he's doing this is because he's, he's basically trying to redeem himself and he's blinded by that concept that resurrecting Superman is the only way to make him feel like whole again. Because he blames himself for the death, death of his parents, and he blamed himself for the death of Superman. So I, I do appreciate this actually quite a bit, and I think that that's probably the angle that Zack Snyder, the director of both Batman vs Superman and Justice League, was going for. But yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I honestly didn't really think about that. I I was thinking a little bit that like my take on it on it after the fact was maybe Batflick was just kind of over it. He's like if if Superman kills me, the world's going to end anyways. Like if he, like he's going to die regardless if Superman doesn't turn. So he's willing to take that risk. That's kind of how I started thinking about it. Um, however, I like Ken's explanation better. Right. No, I get that. The taking the risk of taking him, like re- resurrecting him for sure. But the idea of, I think he's also referencing the idea of trying to go face him. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit blind. He does make a stupid emotional decision because he's still a human being after all. And so that's why he goes to talk to him because he thinks he can somehow convince him, hmm. which I find I find interesting just because he, again he's blinded by this guilt that he seems to have. But yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you as well. I just think that that part was the part that I argued about last week, and that he didn't seem to have a plan. He just was like, "Oh, let me go talk to him." This angry alien who's you know beating the shit out of my friends. Anywho. This concludes the regular scheduled programming for our episode, Adrian. What do you think? Oh, by the way, I'm not calling the regular scheduled programming Adrian, just so you know how (laughs) how my verbiage is working here. But what do you think, Adrian? Anything else uh, you want to mention about this particular episode? Anything you want to say to me now that we're talking? Because, I mean, we don't talk outside this podcast. So this is your chance to say anything you need to. And uh, say anything you need to to the audience. Um, no, I'm just curious what you're going to eat next week. I guess I'll tell you at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, seems to be a trend with us. So, mm-hmm. I again, I I know we joke. 
on this show about uh, wanting people to write into us, but honestly, we're not really joking. We do want you to write into us, audience member. You listening out there, I'm looking right at you through the radio that you're listening. I don't know, I don't know why you're listening to it on a, I feel like an old style radio, but it, it is a little odd, but please. On a Sony boombox. Yeah, a Sony, a Sony boombox. But I appreciate that. I appreciate that truly. And I, and I do think that if you write into us, we will feature what you write about in your letter on our next episode. That would be episode 40, which is a monumental episode because it's an even, you know, on the tens type number. I, re- I recommend you to write into us at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com and we will feature your letter on our episode. I promise. Yeah. I promise you. Just don't write gibberish. Then I won't feature you. Or write the word gibberish. And that's it. Yeah, just write in with the word gibberish. I'll read it. I'll feature that because that's just ridiculous. That'd be pretty funny, honestly. So little effort. That'd be a waste. It's just a waste, though. It's not waste. Imagine you were listening. Imagine there's somebody who's listening to this podcast every week, and then they write into us finally, and they write the word gibberish. It's like, best regards, Jimmy Smith. It's like, thanks, Jimmy. I would love that, honestly. It would be good, but I feel like it's just, it doesn't add anything. Like, you know. It means we've made it, Simon. It means we, we're we in the big leagues. People are writing in gibberish to us. It's amazing. You were definitely veering off to Alex Jones and you, you veered away. I know that you realized it mid-speech. Am I crazy? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. Okay. The frogs right, are Alex. the water. The frogs are turning the water gayer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It may as well have been that because it's both are equally as idiotic. Yeah. To be honest. Honestly, what a ridiculous, what a ridiculous man. All right, then. Thank you, Adrian, for joining me. I appreciate you. Thank you for preparing the new releases for this week. And uh, again, I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the 39th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. You know what, Simon? You're welcome. Uh, You're welcome for putting the new releases together. Thank you for putting the show together. I appreciate that. And uh, thank you to Zack Snyder for making uh, Batman v Superman a really good movie. It's a great movie. That's it. That's all. Take care. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. Take care. We've been running a little long, so I'm not going to add anything else. If you want to just cut it, (laughs) you can unless you got something to add. Usually ramble at the end here, but I'm just not going to because I know we've been trying to narrow down that you get trying to cut down the length of these episodes. So I want to give you the opportunity to do that if you want to, because I don't really have an, I didn't even mention I watched the first episode of Invincible. We should watch that for next week as well. That's my next. That's my last commitment. I should have mentioned Invincible. It came out this week. I seem like a fake fan now.